0: You are locked on Cougars. Welcome into your Monday edition of the show. Hope you guys had a fantastic Easter. I guess a happy belated Easter to all of you. We have got plenty to cover ahead on today's show. We're going to talk about college football power indexes. Yes, numbers and how they might relate to BYU football's fortunes in 2022 this fall. We'll get to that. We'll also talk about the latest in BYU basketball, recruiting a new commit over the weekend, albeit with a different backstory than most. And obviously we'll catch you guys up on everything else that happened in BYU football, as well as beginning our Countdown. Yes, 100 days roughly to BYU football, not counting weekends. We'll start to count that down as well. So we got a lot to get to ahead on today's show. So without further ado, let's get rolling. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 18th, 2022. locked on cougars your daily podcast on the byu cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's up my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning, and a huge thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where of course the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Many have tried, but few have succeeded in this sphere and appreciate you guys taking the time to check us out. All right, getting going here on today's show. Uh, first off, you notice I'm not wearing a hat today. Um, had some comments recently uh, wondering if I'm going bald, and my wife actually brought it up. I've been wearing hats on all the shows we've done on YouTube so far, so those of you listening to this in the regular podcast form are like, what are you talking about, Hatch? Regardless, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to show off. I still got my hair, so you know, you're still having fun with this, but regardless, a big thank you for your support. All right, getting going here on today's show, let's talk about numbers and how numbers might indicate how BYU is going to fare this fall. Now, some of you probably know what these are. They're called the ESPN College Football Power Indexes, and the FPI is what it is, Football Percentages Index, I believe is what it stands for, if I'm not mistaken. And what it means is the definition of the FPI that ESPN utilizes, and I'm reading this off the... Off of the website here. So I apologize. I'm kind of flying off the cuff today. It was a busy day with Easter. Normally I'm a lot more prepared. So we're very much going by the seat of the pants today. So if I'm eyes are all over the place, bear with me. But uh, the definition from FPI is the expected point margin versus an average opponent on a neutral Excuse me, neutral field. So, BYU going into the 2022 season, the initial FPI that ESPN put out uh, has BYU with a 5.1, meaning BYU beat an average opponent by five points on a neutral field. 5.1 overall puts BYU inside the top 50 in college football in the first ratings index here for ESPN going into the 2022 season with the Cougars checking in at number 46. Now, that is not their ranking where they say BYU is the number 46 team in the country. They just say BYU. FPI has the number 46 out of the 131 teams in college football. Now, let's talk about where BYU is projected to sit with regards to that 5.1 FPI. Now, as you go through this list, we're going to go through each of these teams here the rankings, uh, you have to put them head-to-head to find out the FPI and the, the numbers that it goes into it. It'd be take way too long. I'd have to go through like three different episodes to break down all those numbers for you guys. So the easiest way to do this, I felt like, was essentially tell you where BYU's opponents this fall, where they check in on the FPI. And in essence, if BYU's rating is lower than the team they're facing, that team's favored to beat them. Is that simple enough? So there you go. Starting off, USF Bulls have an FPI ranking of number 90. So BYU is number 46. Well, in theory, they should take care of USF. Then they face off against two teams who actually have higher rankings than them. That is the Baylor Bears, who are at number 19 in the initial FPI ratings, as well as a road game at the Oregon Ducks with a number 23 rating. So, if you're just going by the FPI, BYU is expected to start the year 1 and 2. Following that, Wyoming is number 94 and Utah State is number 88. So, that would put BYU three and two. Then you have the big game against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is extremely highly thought of in the FBI here. Number five. Yes, you heard that right. Number five. So they project BYU at the midway point of the season. If you go once again by these numbers, just the FPI ratings, BYU should be three and three. Then they face off against Arkansas, who is number 29, so it should be three and four. Then Liberty. East Carolina, they are seventy six and seventy eight, so that should put BYU at five and four. Boise State is just behind BYU at number forty seven, so that's more of a toss up. It's a road game at Boise State with the number forty seven ranking. Dixie uh, slash, Dixie State slash Utah Tech does not count; and they don't count FCS teams, so it's an NA there. So BYU should win that game, and then Stanford is number sixty one. So if you're just going by the sheer numbers, BYU is projected to be eight and four in these with these ratings. That is what BYU projected to be. Now the interesting part about this and we'll talk about the Big 12 as a whole real quick where BYU checks in at but according to the FPI, how they put the numbers all together, the FPI actually predicts a 7-5 and five record for BYU It's a 7.0 wins against 5.0 wins. They actually can go .1, .2 on those wins It's kind of a weird concept but they're projecting a seven and five record. Just surely going by the numbers. Now, I have talked about the FPI in past episodes of this podcast in the last couple of years, and BYU has surpassed pretty much all those FPI numbers, especially during the 2020 season. So, I'm of the opinion that the seven and five mark here that is being projected for BYU. I'm not buying into it. I am of the opinion that nine wins is the benchmark BYU needs to surpass in the 2022 season. Double-digit wins for the third straight year would be a huge, huge accomplishment for BYU as they get ready to go into the Big 12 in 2023 and beyond. Uh, the BYU is going to obviously have to take care of business because you have some really high-name opponents, most notably that Baylor-Oregon and then the Arkansas-Notre Dame matchups in back-to-back weeks. Those two. Those Four games where they're in back to back weeks will make or break BYU's perception this season. Could BYU split those games and go 10 2? Absolutely. But if you were to go 0 4 against those teams, man, how different does the season feel if they win the other eight games, but you lose maybe your top four matchups? It's just so weird how college football can be. And it's just, you look at it and you say, okay. What would we we what what would we being the collective we all of us out there BYU fans media administrators coaching staff players themselves what is the collective we what is your projection that you want to accomplish that will make you satisfied I think for most BYU fans and feel free to let me know if you guys think differently on this I'd love nothing more than for you guys to weigh in on this but I think that nine wins I think that is the over under for BYU if you go over that great your ten plus wins. Life's good. Under that, I think BYU fans are going to be fairly disappointed. 9-3, and three, it's probably sitting right there, okay, yeah, that was a decent season. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's 8, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 11, but let me know what you think. We talked about that writer last week from Saturday Blitz who think B- thinks BYU is going 11-1, and one, so... There's a lot out there to track with regards to BYU. But the one other thing I want to project real quick is where would BYU at number 46 in the FPI check in at in the new Big 12? So there's going to be the 14 teams that BYU will be in with the Big 12 beginning in 2023. Well, of the 14 teams in these FPI rankings, BYU is in the back half of the Big 12 that's actually a bit surprising to me because a lot of folks out there, a lot of naysayers as I like to call them about BYU would like to th- would like you to think that the Big 12 is going to be nothing more than a glorified G5 conference when BYU enters it. Well, the good news is, apparently they think highly of the Big 12 overall cuz BYU at number 46 is number 10, Texas Tech who's number 11 is just behind them at number 48, Houston's right there at 49, and West Virginia is at number 52. So, 11 of the oh, excuse me, not 11, 13 of the 14 teams in the Big 12 are inside the top 52 in the country. That is in the top half of the sport. The only outlier, Kansas at number 97. And we all know that Kansas is in a multi-year rebuild. They have hit the reset button so many times over the past decade. It's going to be hard for them to really, I think, jump up as high as they probably want to be and aspire to be at some point. But the Big 12, man... BYU number 10 out of 14, the highest ranked a team crazily enough in the Big 12. You're probably thinking, okay, it's got to be Baylor. No, it's got to be Oklahoma. No, it is Texas. They think the Texas Longhorns are the number 16. The, F- the FBI projects uh, Texas is the number six team. Uh, crazy to me to think about that because Texas, what have they done in the past decade and a half that's really of note? Since the 2009, was it was the 2009 National Championship, they haven't done much of anything since Mac Brown was prowling the sidelines. Guess what? He's been prowling the sidelines in North Carolina for four years now after retiring from Texas, due in part to Taysom Hill, uh, sending him into an early retirement in most people's eyes. But regardless, some things for BYU to accomplish. I think 7-5 and five is far too low for BYU. I'll be frank. I think nine wins. I think that is the benchmark. That's the over-under I'm projecting for BYU. Maybe if I were an odds maker, I'd put it at 9.5 and say, okay, Put your money on this, more or less, 9.5 wins. Let me know what you think. Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can search me out, my personal Twitter feed, Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, you can reach out to us via email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Always love hearing from you guys and getting your thoughts on all things BYU. Alright, coming up here in just a moment, we'll flip over to BYU basketball just for a bit. Need to talk about some, some of the latest when it comes to the transfer portal. What's going on with recruiting? BYU added a big man uh, who will be joining BYU when they are in the Big 12. He's going to go on a mission, but we'll talk about what his background is and why his scholarship situation for BYU is a little more unique than most. We'll get to all of that here momentarily. First, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. Of course, is Bars are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. You see that nice little graphic right up there as we start off this ad read. I want you guys to try the puffs, though. If you've not tried the, the puffs, you have not been trying the best thing that maybe Built Bar has ever come up with. And I, I mean this sincerely. I am a huge fan of the Built Bars themselves. They are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. But the Built Puffs are absolutely incredible. They are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. Hey, it's Easter. You probably had some peeps or something like that. Think about that type of a deal. But healthy for you guys and packed with protein. They're not just a protein. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They are a fan favorite with incredible flavors from yummy cinnamony churro, which is absolutely phenomenal, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. Yes, the banana cream pie, folks, is my favorite puff flavor. So good, they are going to be your new favorite. I promise you, you will absolutely love them. I think they're fantastic. Give them a shot. Go to built.com right now. Use the promo code Locked15 while you're there. That's L-O-C-K-E-D 5 for 15% off your order. You heard that right. Promo code Locked15 at built.com Try the puffs, try the built Bars, enjoy them all. That's our good friends over at Built Bar. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. All right, time to talk some BYU basketball recruiting. Now, let's start off with some good news over the weekend. That coming in the form of a commitment from Adam Stewart, uh, six foot eleven big man playing for the RSL Academy. And you're probably wondering, okay, Real Salt Lake. And by the way, I'm wearing a Kyle Beckerman shirt. I, it was not planned this way, but regardless, Adam Stewart is officially committed to the BYU basketball program, and he's got great measurables: six foot eleven, a three-star prospect according to ESPN's prospect ratings, uh, seven foot two wingspan had some decent numbers at the Real Salt Lake Academy, uh, which is still, I know it's a soccer academy, but they have a thriving thriving uh, basketball scene going on. He's a very, very talented player, but he's a smart dude at that. He's actually going to come to BYU, and Robbie McCombs from Vanquish uh, the Foe lifted the lid on this. He's actually going to be a walk-on to the BYU men's basketball program because he will be on an academic scholarship when he gets to BYU. He has a 4.0 GPA, props, 34 ACT. Okay, double props. Oh, and by the way, just a cool 1540 on his, ACT, on his SAT. man. This dude is one smart cookie, and obviously, with those measurables, you're taking a chance on this. He's already received a mission call for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He is headed to the uh, Paris, France mission. He will return to play for BYU in 2024 and beyond that is what was projected as. Uh, According to Vanquish the Foes piece, he's been recruited by BYU since he was in seventh grade, starting way back when Dave Rose and former assistant Tim Lacombe were recruiting him. Actually, I have to ask uh, Coach Lacombe about this. I work with him over the Zone Sports Network. He will leave for his mission on July 25th and ostensibly will be returning in time for that 2024-2025 season. Now, this is not, I think, a, a, a... commitment that is going to make people say, oh my goodness, is just rocking and rolling. Because as we said, this is a kid who's going to be a walk-on for the BYU men's basketball program, but he will be on an academic scholarship. So he doesn't take up an uh, an athletic scholarship, but if he pans out and he actually turns into a decent player because he's got great measurables. As I said, uh, 6'11", 7'2", wingspan. He played at a very high level that uh, Real Salt Lake Academy team Remember Wasatch Academy has produced all kinds of talent for BYU in recent years. The RSL Academy is on its way to doing just that. Dave Evans, many of you might remember that name as the former head coach of the Wasatch Academy. Well, he was hired to begin the Real Salt Lake Academy. and He's doing a lot of good things. So Stuart 6'11", 7'2", wingspan, averaged just over 10 points a game for RSL Academy this past year. I think this is, they could do a lot worse than this in terms of their recruiting moving forward as a basketball program for BYU. But they're also looking at a high level guard that has big 12 experience. And that is uh, an athlete by the name of Coastal Carolina point guard Rudy Williams. He announced a top eight yesterday, and BYU is one of the schools listed in his top eight along with Yukon, Cal, San Diego State, Butler, George Mason, Wichita State, and Xavier. So this is going to be a very hotly contested uh, recruitment for Rudy Williams. But he started his career at the JUCO ranks, played one year at Kansas State. So he has played in the Big 12, and then he transferred to Coastal Carolina this past year. Decent size for a point guard, six foot two, average. 14.7 points 4.2 rebounds and 3.7 assists this past year but the more important numbers for him at Coastal Carolina speaking of Williams is this 51% shooting overall from the floor that's a great number the better number, 45% from three. This is a guy who can light it up from the perimeter. We all know that BYU was starved for consistent outside shooting. Apparently, Rudy Williams would help be a big part of the answer for BYU in terms of getting them a fide three-point shooter and a threat from beyond the arc that is consistent because he did this over an entire season. 45%. That's Alex Barcelo-type numbers. And obviously, Coastal Carolina... It's a it's a mid-major conference, similar to what the WCC is. So I think a lot of this projects. The only concern with Rudy Williams that I see, and they also pointed this out, Robin McCombs at Vanqu- Vanquish the Foe did, he only has one year of eligibility. There are many people out there, and I'm one of them, who thinks that BYU right now, if you're going to be looking in the transfer portal, you need to get guys who have two or three years of eligibility so you can get some continuity built with guys going into the Big 12. Rudy Williams would never play in the Big 12 because he would, in theory, play in the final year of BYU in the West Coast Conference. I am still of the opinion, if you can land a kid of this caliber absolutely take him I have said it I've talked to enough people that BYU is planning on taking at least one big man and one guard in the transfer portal if they can find the right fit Rudy Williams just appears to check all the boxes I think for a guard and I also heard that and I've said this on the podcast they want a high level wing who can score and get make, his, make their own luck and kind of get their own buckets when they need to well Rudy Williams if he can create off the dribble and score on his own maybe he's kind of that double whammy he's a wing but he's also a guard who can handle the ball and he creates that own shot I don't know that necessarily it's the perfect answer with regards to having that combo but at the minimum if he can shoot 45 percent for Coastal Carolina he can bring even a 40 plus percent shooting percentage from three for BYU should he pick the Cougars that would be a huge pickup for BYU they absolutely need guys like this because we all saw it last year the lack of offense the lack of ability to hit threes and consistent stretches for the majority of the season It doomed EYU. It was something they absolutely are starved for, and they need to find better shooting. Rudy Williams will go a long way towards that. There's also a lot of intrigue out there with regards to a mysterious four-star prospect that BYU is chasing. I have been looking, and before you guys ask, I do not have a name at this current time. If I find out who it is, I'll be happy to pass it along to you guys, but I do know I can tell you this much, and having a conversation with some folks over the weekend, Mark Pope and his staff, they are hitting the ground hard. They have been out there trying to find guys. Sean East, um, we talked about him. I probably should have mentioned that. I kind of buried the lead on that. He committed to Missouri over the weekend, so BYU missed out on the former Juco uh, player of the year. He committed to be a Missouri Tiger and play in the SEC, and that's a little bit of a gut punch because he's more of the kind of the antithesis of what Rudy was. Rudy Williams is a one-year guy. Sean East had at least two years to play, would have been in BYU during their transition to the Big 12, but you know what? Beggars can't be choosers in circumstances like this, and it's unfortunate that that they could not get Sean East to pledge his loyalty or His commitment, yeah, pledges commitment to the BYU basketball program. But I can tell you this much. Mark Pope, he's looking for a new assistant coach, but at the same time he has been working hard in the transfer portal trying to find the right fits for his program. He knows what he's up against going into the Big 12. I don't think there's any mystery about BYU and their Big 12 membership moving forward, and they got to find some guys. But Rudy Williams I think could be a big addition if they can land him. But there's a lot of competition for that guy's name. You mentioned the schools we had right off the top there. Whew, man, I, I don't envy trying to go up and recruit against all those teams, but we'll see how things shake out, and we'll keep you updated on anything else that comes out. And like I said, that mysterious four-star prospect we've heard about, if I find out who it is, I'll be happy to pass it along to you guys, but I am working on that myself. So I guess I'm hitting the ground in my own right, trying to discover who the next uh, – big recruit for BYU might just be. All right, coming up here in a moment, we'll round out today's show. Two things you need to get to ahead. Begin our countdown. Top 50 players of BYU football outside of Independence. So the top 50 players in BYU football history over, what, 100 and some odd years? But then we're also going to do uh, the top 50 players of Independence. And top 50 is relative. I'll explain why I'm I'm differentiating the two. We'll get to all of that, and we'll also recap the weekend that was in BYU sports. So stay tuned for all that here in just a moment. First, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at BetOnline. Throw up that little graphic there. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information needs. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, which are ongoing, and the start of the Major League Baseball. Season as well. Uh, by the way, if you guys are trying to have some fun with regards to MLB, Bet Online's got it for you guys. They got daily. Uh, wagers, you can go through all the different lines, uh, the money lines, all that type of stuff. It's really fun, but at the same time, if you like live betting, like in-game, you feel like, okay, they're going to come back. Guess what? You can do that as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all the sports wagering information you can handle, from live betting, as we just talked about, to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today, that's BetOnline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action available to you now. Once again, that's BetOnline.net. It's all courtesy of your friends at Online Deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangeDays. dot com. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the countdown of what we're doing here for BYU football. And I probably should have pulled up this graphic. Let me see if I can pull this up as I'm talking about it. This will be fun. We're flying off the handle all over the place today. Uh, but we're having a lot of fun with this, and I hope you guys have had fun with our countdowns in the past. And those of you who are new to the podcast, this may be a little bit of a new thing for you. What I have done in the past, I think we've done it for the last three or four years, I think it's at least three, As we've gotten closer and closer to the football season, I have done what we call our countdown to get you ready for the season ahead. And obviously, I call this the 100-day countdown. It's not a perfect 100 days. Let me be very clear about that because the way that things break down... I have weekends I don't do shows. There's some holidays during the summer, that type of stuff. And we're going to do our best to make sure you guys are apprised of everything you need to know about as a BYU fan. And we'll have some fun along the way counting down some of the greatest players in BYU football history. I'm just trying to get this to download. But I'm going to throw up our first picture of our top 50 players of this year our first one and what we're doing by the way is we're going to do the top 50 players of independence so we're going to and those will be more just uh, the 50 uh, best players that I can remember from my time covering BYU because my career in sports media spans BYU's independent era I have never covered BYU that I can recall maybe I did the final year of the Mountain West but I was still a student at that point. I was an intern, so I guess I wouldn't necessarily technically count that. My professional career, covering them on a day-to-day basis, it spans independence. We're going to do the 50 players that I remember best from my time covering BYU, but today we're going to also talk about, on the outside of that, the top 50 players for BYU of all time outside of independence. So hopefully that makes sense to you guys. And today's player, I'm pulling this up, man, I am just struggling all over the place, Make sure your kids get out of your way. You can there we go. Lake Hamuli, number fifty on our greatest players outside of independence. So essentially, these are the greatest players that have played since the 19 is it, 1922 was the first official year for BYU football. But Lake Hemuli is our selection today. And Locke played during the heyday of BYU football, starting his career in 1983, played through 1986. He played on the 1984 national championship Championship team, and he was one of BYU's all-timers. Many of you will recall, and those of you who are old enough to have watched BYU during this era, will recall when BYU was throwing the ball all over the field, they still had a very efficient run game. And that's a, a big part of it was Locke Himuli. Very, very good player. He has a very quiet freshman season, only 91 yards overall. But from 1984 to 1986, never less than 796 yards during his uh, three years remaining in his career. And more importantly, a very reliable target out of the backfield. So for his career, Locke Himuli had 605 total carries, 2,710 yards rushing. That's one of the greatest marks in BYU history. And the thing about it, he did this during the 1980s when BYU was not necessarily the world's uh, best rushing team. They were no more known for their passing. But then he also added 1,123 receiving yards on 139 receptions. Had a grand total of 32 touchdowns for his career. Uh, crazily enough, uh, 30 of his touchdowns on the ground, just two through the air. And then overall for his career from scrimmage, 3,833 yards overall. So very, very impressive numbers. And Lacay, uh one of the all- and now he does have a son playing for BYU after all of these years Houston Haymuley who's wearing the who was gonna wear the number 35 this year for BYU is laka's youngest son if I'm not mistaken and they just recently did if you guys probably saw it I probably should pull up that graphic as well the really cool uh photos they did, uh, recreating the truck photo that they had with Locke back in the 80s when he was playing for BYU, and then also uh, Houston doing it in more of a modern set, but really cool stuff all the same, and hopefully uh, this countdown will be a lot more smoother as I get going with this, but Locke Humuli, number 50 on our greatest BYU players outside of Independence, so let's be clear about that. You're probably going to wonder at some point, I'm going to say a name, well that guy doesn't you know what? I'll make sure to differentiate each day. We're doing 50 players outside of Independence and then 50 players inside Independence. That is the way I've decided to do it this year. It's going to create a little more work for me, but I'm excited all the same to talk about it as we go along. Alright, now to catch you up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News from this past weekend, let's start off the men's volleyball program. They rounded out uh, Senior Weekend against UCLA who's the number one team in the country, and BYU fought hard. They went up uh, one set uh, to nothing on Friday night, then lost uh, three straight sets to UCLA CLA on Friday. Saturday night it seemed like BYU had a chance to take down the top ranked team in the country but then they suffer a reverse sweep losing 3-2 in 5 sets against the Bruins. So a tough tough senior night for BYU. Davide Gardini saved maybe his best performance for last. Had 30 kills but BYU just unable to get it done. Their overall season record is 8-16 they're now 3-9 in the MPSF but their season is not over. You may think it would be over but BYU will play in the MPSF men's volleyball tournament which will begin with the quarterfinals Wednesday this coming Wednesday BYU will take on Pepperdine at 8pm in Pauley Pavilion down there in uh, Westwood at UCLA but a big opportunity for BYU it's a new season they have to just kind of forget everything that happened take the good from this year and hopefully carry it over into this tournament but it's just been a tough, tough year for BYU men's volleyball. I don't necessarily think that anybody can blame them for not having a ton of hope for BYU, but we'll see how it all shakes out. Now, on to baseball, where things are looking better for the BYU men's baseball program. They came from behind for the third straight game to defeat Nebraska 4-3 on Saturday. They won the three uh, excuse me, the four-game series 3-1 at Haymarket Park. They took uh, both, the, both of the doubleheader on Friday to win that series 3-1 after losing this series opener 1-0. So a great weekend for BYU baseball. Really fun to see that they have now reached twenty wins on the year. They are twenty and thirteen overall. They are six and six in West Coast Conference play. As Greg, Re- Greg Rubel pointed out, uh, BYU's P five record for this season. 10-3 against Power 5 teams. Unfortunately, uh, BYU only has two more games against Power 5 opposition. One of them tomorrow against Utah in Salt Lake City and then obviously a return date from the Utes on May 17th. But BYU does have a lot of big games coming up in West Coast Conference play. So huge opportunity for BYU baseball down the stretch run of the season. I believe Greg also pointed this out. 12 of the 19 remaining games for BYU this year are going to be home games down the stretch run at Miller Park. BYU has been 36-13 and 13 for the last four years at Miller Park. So huge opportunity for BYU baseball to make some hay here, make a jump up in the West Coast Conference standings. And if you are in the top six, you will be playing in the WCC championships. So that's a big opportunity for BYU baseball. All right, final thing before we go here is congratulations to the powerhouse that is the BYU Cougarettes. They won both the Division One A Hip Hop and the Jazz National Championships at the 2022 NDA Collegiate Cheer and Dance Championships this past, actually not this past week, it's about a week back April 6th through the 10th they were held in Daytona Daytona Beach, Florida 22 national championships now for the BYU Cougarettes we talk about BYU football being a powerhouse in many ways BYU Cougarettes, they got—they got everything on everybody else. It feels like they—they so they have won those twenty-two national championships have all come since nineteen ninety-seven. Very impressive. Congratulations to the Cougarettes. They make a seemingly a viral video every single year as they watch BYU uh, play football. Uh, you can all think of those Cosmo videos that took the internet by storm a couple years ago. They still exist in GIF form. I can pull up my phone right now. I could probably find that GIF for you guys. I'm just looking over my phone. But regardless, congratulations the BYU Cougarettes, it's a fantastic fantastic accomplishment for them 22 national titles and so 97 is what, the last 25 years, they pretty much averaged one national championship a year that's incredible, like that's just the conversion there is what, are we talking like Alabama-esque type stuff, man, very very impressive work, so there you go All right, so you are up to speed. That is the Monday edition of the show. Hopefully it didn't sound too crazy. I was kind of off three different ways looking at different things. I usually have a nice little cheat sheet where I can kind of go bullet point by bullet point. Did not get a chance to write that down today, but we'll do that for tomorrow's edition of the show, and of course, we'll be back tomorrow talking all things BYU. One thing I do want to talk about tomorrow, and we're going to do this throughout the rest of the week, let's talk about the depth chart for BYU coming out of spring ball. And obviously, we did not get an official depth chart from BYU. They did not send that out in a spring prospectus, that type of a deal. It's going to be my best guess at what I think for BYU's depth chart across the entire team. Offense, defense, special teams we will do it all. We'll carry it out throughout the week. We'll also continue our countdown so we did number fifty of the greatest BYU football players outside of Independence today. We'll talk about one of the best fifty players in Independence on tomorrow's show as well. So we got plenty to cover on that front. And now, a big thank you once again for joining us here on Locked On Cougars and making us your first listen of the day. The NFL Draft is coming fast, my friends. Go make your second listen. The Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker are bringing the NFL to Draft to life every single day. Get it free and available wherever. You get your podcast. All right, until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 18th, 2022, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.